You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud today. Welcome to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan. This is the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am the football grump, and with me, as always, is Mike the Cranky Fan. How's it going, Grump? We have a uh, long weekend of football, but I think before we start talking about X's and O's for Giants, Bucks, we kind of need to do some housekeeping and address the big uh, elephants in the room right now. Yeah, um, this is a bit of a bonus episode, but also this is a very serious topic. Uh, you know, this is something that we've sort of been avoiding because it's too graceful and delicate of a topic to be a one-off little comment here and there that, that we've had and I've edited it out. And even many discussions where we've sort of started talking about it or, you know, we've stopped our discussion for a moment and, you know, I've said to a Cranky Fan that I've edited it out, you know, do we want to get into this right now? And it's just never been the appropriate time. And, you know, this is the most appropriate time that I could possibly imagine for this topic. Um, and and one other thing, too, is as you hear this conversation, keep in mind that we do not have scripts in front of us. These are our thoughts, you know, from basically Friday until today. We're taping this on a Wednesday. So, you know, these are not our prepared text statements. These are kind of our feelings and what we think and hopefully it's a little more coherent than this rambling preamble so yeah and, and to be to be honest uh, i'm a little disappointed that uh I, I didn't think about this earlier because this is sort of a mid-broadcast decision for us to um to do for us this is right off our chest um and we are of course talking about touchdown celebrations um and the kneel down well i mean you know it's been talked to death about you know beckham and there's complete lack of you know, on the surface discipline, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, we all know by now that the mayors are talking with him in private. We don't know. We don't know what goes on with this team behind closed doors. You know, it, on the surface, it appears like McAdoo is kind of lax or blasé towards this type of, you know, juvenile stuff that goes on with this team. We, we don't know what goes on inside the um, the training facility. and But I don't know. It just it's just something we're getting very tired of very quickly. And I'm very sick and tired of it. Um, the act you know, or the making a big deal of it or both? Well, I think, well, I think the third thing, I think the fact that it appears on the surface to be tolerated. I mean, he's not a rookie anymore, Beckham. He is, you know, into his fourth year. He's one of the leaders on this team, whether he likes it or not. He's one of the biggest faces in this league. And the guy still acts like a nine-year-old and, you know, perception is everything. And even if McAdoo isn't the biggest hard ass on him in practice and behind the scenes, it just the perception looks like that he's uncontrollable right now, and you know when you see things we we talked about in the other podcast the other day where two of our four offensive touchdowns have been followed by personal foul you know unsportsmanlike celebration penalties. It just looks like we're a team that's just not disciplined, and you know add on to it a, a head coach that's you know is a young guy second year. A lot of questions about him and stuff. It's just a bad look right now, and it's just kind of it's unnecessary noise about this team. Whether it's important or not to the team is one thing, but as a fan, I'm getting a little sick and tired of it. Yeah, um, you know, we we railed on it last uh, last episode, uh, strictly in the fact that 
for me, 50% of our touchdowns were celebration penalties. You know, I think I'd be a little bit more lax on it if we were some high-scoring offense. You know, where if we're really shutting out opponents, I'm not. <laughs> if really we have not- a win, if we have a win, and we're winning games, we're zero and two and losing when Beckham is doing this horseshit. Well, well yeah, I think <laughs> I think that's it. It's like, what are you dancing about? But I mean, I think I'm just, I'm like, I'm a little bit more annoyed at just the the surprise at it or like the making a big deal out of it like this isn't news you know what i mean like i, I okay wow this just in beckham celebrates touchdown gets penalty. yeah but that, that's not that's not the news story the news story isn't the actual thing that he did i think the news story is the, the, the narrative has changed from what he might have done last year the year before to it's him doing it again it's the perception the giants aren't doing anything about it there's the potential perception that he's uncontrollable, more of a perception of this coaching staff and maybe Reese and all the way up the line is afraid of the guy. You know, they, you know, do they want to upset the apple cart before a contract negotiation? You know, it, it's all these things more than the actual act. I mean, the act itself was was disgusting. It was uncalled for. You know, it's it's that's not. There's a line between acting like a jackass, look at me celebrating, and doing something that, you know, try to explain to your kids, what did he just do? You know? I mean, <laughs> if you I can't guess. just Yeah, I mean, but I, I don't think the big story is the actual act that he did, as bad as the act was. It's the, what are they going to do about this guy? Well, I, mean, I, I, I want to nip this in the bud. As bad as the act is, I, I really don't think it was that offensive. You know, I... I I don't. I don't really care if it was a shot at the president or if it wasn't. If he, he just made that up to cover it up, I mean, either way, like a dog, There's... a dog peeing. I'm sorry, is one of the lowest levels of humor. I mean, this isn't G-rated movies. This level of humor. So I don't think it's at all offensive or disgusting. I think it's. I think it's just pretty low grade humor. I thought it, it got a mild chuckle out of me, but I was pissed off at the penalty because a, it's actually difficult to get this penalty now, and and b. You know, we're not some juggernaut right now. I know that you're unstoppable, but you're still losing. We're 0 and 3. So Yeah, I'm and it was sure. also it was also three games away from when he dropped a critical pass in the playoffs. Sure. Of you course. Know, he, yeah. For all of his great highlights and all of the you know the you know the Sports Center top ten things he does, you can go back in his career and pick out a top ten critical drops of and critical penalties to hurt this team. Just as much as the highlights. I just I, – I agree with the fact that it's a little out of hand. Um, I agree also with what you're saying that the perception is that the the upper management is afraid of losing this guy, whether it be losing him mentally or losing him – you know, he doesn't want to play for this team anymore because they won't let him be free or whatever. But I I really hate when messages get or, – or just stories get cheapened by the – oversaturation of sensationalism like that it was some great offensive penalty and you know to me if, if you're going to compare the two the crotch grab is a little bit more offensive than a dog pee- you know what i mean like I don't well know. You, you could also interpret it as he was pissing on the eagles you know the Which name I in the end zone for. i'm all for that <laughs> how, but, okay all right whatever so he's peeing on the logo i mean how many times how many bumper stickers have you seen with that stupid little kid that's peeing on, and then they just insert whatever, and a lot of times it's like a yeah. And then you logo. see that guy in the car, and you're like, boy, that guy's kind of an asshole. Exactly. Or... <laughs> so you think he's a jerk, but you're not offended by the sticker. That's what well, I'm saying. Uh, well, we can have a whole separate podcast and a whole volume of podcasts about 
offensive. What does it mean to be offended? And well, I'm just you know, saying, is, is, it, is this country thick skinned and thin skinned? But, but it's not even offensive. It's just it's completely uncalled for, and it's something that again. One o'clock on a Sunday, if you're if you're watching with your kids and something, you have to explain what he just did, and you know, it's one of the it's one of the few forms of you know lowbrow humor that you really can't even talk about. Like every time somebody tried to explain it, whether you watched on ESPN or you listened to a podcast or something, they have to kind of like, well, he did the um, uh, uh, urinated. Like they can't even say it. Well, like just breaking stride and being like, how do I even say what he just well, did? That's. But, I, I get what you're saying. No, I I hear you. Um, that's also a little bit of the dated, you know, vernacular kind of what can and can't yeah. be said on TV. And I think but, also I don't think you have to explain anything to kids. I think kids know exactly what it was. And they kids more than a, anybody would think that's funny. Not even. But here's like, a here's a bigger problem though. Forget the um, forget the pissing in the end zone. Forget the uh, the black power suits. Forget all that. What scares me the most about this guy is if you remember, I think it was after the first touchdown. He was like a complete deranged maniac on the sideline after, you know, he was just like, you know, stomping up and down. He was making these crazy faces and and nobody was around him to kind of either calm him down or do anything. So, you know, a, is he, is his emotions that out of control? And he's that, I mean, there are a lot of guys in this league that are very intense. You know, they, they have their game face on, but he wasn't like, himself during that he was just like this crazy man and you know when did McAdoo or when did you know Mike Sullivan or anybody or the wide receiver coach come over and try to calm him down I mean I think one guy maybe it was Sterling Shepard maybe after two or three minutes because you know the camera loves this shit and it was all over him and it was just like this is not the first time we've seen him in that zone of just you're worried about this guy Um, and I mean, I, 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 it, yeah. Okay. So it takes it takes it takes him out of the game. It takes you know, you know that the rest of the team is on eggshells around him when he's like that. And I, it's just a you know, if he's got some sort of an issue, it needs to be dealt with. If not, this act he puts on has to stop. I mean, I think it's stupid, but I don't agree that it takes him out of the game. I mean, he was on fire the whole game. Yeah, maybe, but I mean, he certainly wasn't. You know, I mean, look, I'm rest not, of the I'm offense. Not, I'm not yeah. a, like an a, a apologist here. Like I, I'm on your side, but I, I also think it's made a bigger deal than it really is. I think the bigger deal, like you said, is the perception that upper management is afraid of him, and that perception trickles to him, where he's understanding that he has special privileges, where he really doesn't have to answer to rules or whatever. Now, I'm my, more, I'm more concerned. You know, upper management to me is second. To me, it's McAdoo and the coaching staff. That's first. Well, that's I, gr- up- I group that in with upper. By that, okay, I mean anybody in charge of him officially. Okay, I was looking at upper management, like saying, you know, when we're getting to Reese and what we're going to do in the future right, with right. him. Yeah, okay. but to me, it's like the fact that this coaching staff. It definitely peer, appears like there's a double standard between him and other guys. The way he's being handled, and from the outsider looking in, how they're handling him isn't working <laughs> because I don't know. I, I don't want to spend. You know, we're in, we're taping this now on a Wednesday evening, and this is still, you know, one of the first topics we are talking about. This is two podcasts in since the game itself. Well, okay. it's still a big topic on the fan. It's still a big topic in the newspapers. It's still a big topic on the pods. It's like that's my point. That's my point. That see, this is my big annoyance with it. I agree with your concerns, but my annoyance with it is that 
there's two separate stories being written about this. There's the, can anyone control him? And then there's the, I can't believe we're still talking about this. You don't have to talk about it. Like, it's over. And, like, even in his interview today, he's – I mean, I know he's not in a position to really demand what's being asked of him. But he's like, I'm just focusing on Tampa right now. I'd rather answer questions about Tampa. I mean – and these are people bleeding him for more of this story. They can't get enough of it. They fucking love it. So, I mean, look, I understand that's also the media's job. But don't play both sides of that story. Be fair, though. This is – today's the first day he talked to the media. He didn't talk to the media after the game on Sunday. So this is their, today was their first opportunity to actually talk to him. So that's why this story might have a little more legs than it would if there's something like after the game they would have talked to him. It would have made all the rounds on you know Monday morning on they all the shows and everything. The game. They did? Did they not? I'm pretty sure I've seen I, footage I, I, of them asking where they I, – I definitely read quotes from him where they asked – if the other touchdown celebration meant anything and he, he answered, did it look like it meant something? Then it did. You know, I mean, I know we're talking about two different celebrations, but he was definitely available to answer questions. I mean, they're usually available immediately after a game at the lockers. I thought that they, like he has a special thing like when they when they speak, like some players talk on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, and today was his day to talk. Well, if he was right, if he was right a, after that. Yeah, as a media I mean, day, yeah. Right, and every time he's going to talk, you know, he's going to be one of those guys where, you know, there's going to be a lot of media around. I mean, he's he's become that guy. He's become the, you know, uh, when Brett Favre or, you know, Michael Jordan or someone, it becomes a big deal whenever they talk. And ESPN has been guilty of this for 30 years of taking the same four stories and, you know, LeBron James or, you know, just running a story into the ground, Barry Bonds. You know, when every move it's made, they just, you know, because it gets eyeballs. I mean, you know, we could be sick to death of it because we're, you know, much more passionate football fans about the team and the game itself. But people just eat this shit up. They love the soap operaness about that's, it. But see, that's, that's my, my point is that's fine. If you're going to say people eat this shit up, so we're going to cover it, that's fine. But the story can't be that we're sick of talking about it. <laughs> If you're sick of talking about it, then don't talk about it. Cause well, most that's people, silly. Like 50% of us don't care. And the silliest thing I read was that this was so detrimental to the team. Uh, I, I'm not sure who it was, but some fucking hack I'd never heard of tweeted something that the precedent set by that touchdown celebration penalty led to seven penalties. That, that didn't lead to seven penalties. Like those penalties were legitimate football penalties that followed that. That you know, were – it's, you can make just it, the silliest argument I've ever heard in my life. You can make a valid case that his annex in the past might have led to the Evan Ingram. Uh, that's, see, that's a valid point. In which case, you can say that after those three years, that type of thing. That, Ex- that, yeah. I, I agree with that. And in that case, you can say that there's probably been how many touchdown celebration penalties on this team besides Odell Beckham since he came in? Less than five, correct? Yeah. So I. David, I mean, that's a marginal in, 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 issue in between, that comes from this. In between Jeremy Shockey and Odell Beckham, I would say a, a handful at the most. Yeah, and I would say that that is probably true. That that one led to the other for that. Um, and I would also say that that would be the most marginal of concerns that comes from this. Like I said, like you said, the more the bigger concern is that there's a fear of losing this guy and upsetting him from the people that matter most. I mean, call me again. I am a cranky fan, and call me a cranky old man if you must. But I hate the whole concept of celebrations in the end zone. I love the fact that they were calling flags on it because ninety-eight percent of the time, 
these are these choreographed stage nonsense things are just look at me. And to me, if they're trying to say, well, the league isn't fun, how about three fucking hours of a great football game being fun? You know, it's not the it's a national football league. It's not the national, you know, dance competition league. And to me, it's just it's an unnecessary part of the game. Uh, and now that they're kind of relaxing the rules on it, you're just going to have situations like this where people are going to toe the line for more and more ridiculousness, where they look stupid. I mean, is anybody, you know, a nine year old might think it's funny, but to me, it's just like these guys look like assholes. Well, and, the league was in a bad spot, and. Uh... The reason is is because people, the more casual fans, the people who just kind of like to watch and their day isn't ruined like ours is when their team loses. You know what I'm saying? Those yeah. people get a kick out of all the different little dances and things. And so the NFL, knowing that, they put them in all their highlight clips. They love to show them off because they know people like to see them. So on the one hand, they're flagging the player for it. But on the other hand, they're profiting off of you know advertising it. So they were tough put in this tough spot of dealing with that yeah we're, we're talking about a league like for years you know he got jacked up on nfl film like highlights on espn where all it was were just vicious illegal hits and they're like he got jacked up yeah, but you know something all those hits are illegal yeah. you know so it's, it's it's you're right there's an incredible double standard the way the league is marketed based upon the, the lip service they give for safety and things and this is another example yeah um i think this league is strong enough that you're if you're really reaching for that fringe fan that only is watching for touchdown celebrations and halftime shows and you know all this horse shit that you know creeps into a game, you know, like, like a Super Bowl and stuff, league is strong enough without those people. You know, there's eighty thousand people, you know, at every NFL game, and in spite of what our commander in chief says, every game is sold out. Yeah, ratings are you know through the roof. Through the roof, you know, the Monday night. Um, the Monday night ratings were, were were better than last year, and I, I get it; it was Dallas, but still, you know, come on. Yeah, and and I'm all for the celebration in pure motion, right? Sure, but I mean, I agree with you. The choreographed thing—it's it's almost lame. You know what I mean? It's not even like offensive or whatever. It's just like, oh god, it it just it just I don't know. I agree with you. And and a lot of times there's guys itching to do whatever they've choreographed that they do it over the most mundane highlight where well, like I a, remember, a run stuff for no gain. They're going to dance. All right. All right. Well, you don't remember. I mean, you were you were pretty young when this was going on, but the, the Miami Hurricanes in the late 80s, every time like either a Michael Irvin or a, or a Brian Blades or someone would, would have a, a first down. They would take their helmet off. They'd stand there like, you know, give me, give me, give me the love and everything. And it was so over-the-top ridiculous. I mean, this is before they had the penalty for taking your helmet off and everything. But, you know, there was a time where they didn't call any of those penalties. And it was just everything was look at me. And it would be just to get a first down. It's like, my God, you know, act like you've been there. Yeah, I hear you. The kneeling. Um, look, I, I – um, as as background to our family um, – my grandfather was a, a World War II medic. He's also an immigrant. My father and his two brothers were also drafted during Vietnam. Thankfully, none of them had to serve there. Um, but my one uncle was very, very close in the Coast Guard. Um, you know, and and my nephew, I'm, I'm super proud of, all on his own volition, decided to join the Marines, is currently overseas. 
Um, so this is very important to me, and and I, I don't want to go too far off topic, but it's it's important for me to tell you that I, I really do love this country, and I'd like to see the world, but there's no place I would rather live and improve. And, you know, there's a lot of nonsense about this kneeling thing, and I, I think that people – have something to say and it's they shouldn't be discriminated against because they make a lot of money i i mean you, you're just as entitled to your opinion i don't think they take anything away from the game by doing a simple thing during the national anthem i and and once you know for sure that it's been stated this is not to disrespect anybody but simply to call attention to something i think it's fair game um i also understand why a lot of people are upset but i think the complete outrage is sort of built on manipulation a little bit and um you know i think uh i think shots were sort of fired by the president in a in a in part to distract from the fact that he might be the least like president in the hist- in history certainly in my lifetime without question um and from the fact that he was again trying to complete a new healthcare bill that was wildly unpopular. Um, and this is what he's done to be successful in the past is distract things while other things were going on. Um, I think that's the cause of him getting involved in all of this um, to rile up the people who vehemently support one thing or another and you know sort of divide. That being said, I don't think anything that was done really was outrageous and and I commend everybody who took a stance and everybody who sort of sort of stayed in between whether that stance was for or against kneeling um you know hands in the air whatever. Uh I think the message is pretty clear that it's not in any way dis- meant to be disrespectful and simply to um it's simply simply to let people know that there's there's a serious problem uh, for for certain people in this country in certain areas more than others. So while you may not see it personally, it's it, they're letting you know that it's going on and that it shouldn't be tolerated. I think the outrage is built a little bit on manipulation and some of the distraction from it, like these guys are at work, you don't protest at work. Well, not really at work yet. You know, I mean, it's not really their job to stand. It's not in their contract to stand. And prior to 2009, they weren't even out on the field, you know? Uh, so I think, I think they're well within their rights. I think they're, you know, I think it's fair game. And I also think that some players care about it a little bit less than others. I, I'm not really sure, but I certainly don't think these people are assholes, which is what they're kind of being labeled by some. I try to live my life by my actions mean more than my words, which is pretty hard to believe by, for some of you based on what I tweet and what I say on the show and everything. But, you know, something being a good American or being a religious person doesn't mean that you can you can recite scripture by chapter, verse and word. It's how you live your life. And to me, being a good American is, you know, appreciating what this country gives to you and how you respect others around you and how to live their life. And and we do have to realize that everybody in this country is different. Um, doesn't mean anybody's better or worse than the other, but people are different and have different experiences. You know, 320 million people in this country have a different experience from each other. Um the whole thing about well you're disrespecting the you're disrespecting military to me is such a leap it's almost like because you hear somebody say you know if you watch the dog show and somebody says oh no that bitch is 5 inches tall or something 
to be all of a sudden offended because you heard the word bitch, not in the proper context. And you have to, you know, call NBC and have the station, you know, find and, and people suspended. To me, it's kind of a similar tract of, well, you're kneeling during the national anthem. That's it's not in the proper context of what they're doing. If anybody's out there who's specifically kneeling because I want to disrespect the troops or what this country stands for, completely different situation. And, and to me, you know, it was made very, very clear by Colin Kaepernick even the first day he did it. Somebody asked him, and he had his speech. If you remember back when this started in, in the beginning of 2016 during the preseason, he pretty much had his response well-crafted and well-prepared. So it wasn't like a, uh, well, uh, he knew exactly why he was doing this and he had a reason for it. It's really, you know, I don't buy, I agree with you. I don't buy the argument. Well, these guys are rich. They should, you know, they shouldn't complain. These are pampered guys. These guys are not pampered millionaires. Most guys in the NFL were dirt poor living in shitty little towns in the South, you know, quite often the, the victim of racism and, and things and now make a lot of money. but. You know, President Trump is a very rich guy, too. And somebody could have told him, you know, you're rich. You have no right to complain about things. And he took his activism to a level of running for president and winning you know, the presidency. So and the other thing is the other argument I'm always hearing is, well, what good does it do to stop, you know, police brutality or anything if you're kneeling? Well, my response to that is. Does wearing pink stop cancer? It raises awareness to an issue. And if you, you know, they, the, the, the thing is always, well, if a tree falls in the forest and no one saw it, did it really happen? Using a stage like the national anthem during a football game, the most popular you know, sport in this country where the most eyeballs are watching it, you do protest where the most people can see it. It raises attention. Why is this person doing that? You know, it's so quick to say that oh, this guy's an asshole or this guy's selfish. It's like maybe there's a reason why he's doing it. And unfortunately, what I think happened was this became a, a league and players versus Trump issue as opposed to raising awareness for police brutality against black people issue. And the, the message has gotten muddled. And then when you get the, you know, the Fox News is on the right and the MSNBCs on the left duking it out over you know, what defines being an American, you know, the ultimate uh, mission for this gets lost. So where this is all going to head, I don't know. But, you know, to say, can we just stick to sports? You know, I, I think you're trying to, you, know, you want to be sheltered from all this stuff, but I, I think it's going to be very difficult going forward. Yeah. Um, and, and I agree with you. I think it was too easy using the national anthem was a double-edged sword because it was way too easy to confuse the message. It it didn't take much effort at all for the message to get lost. And, you know, are black people particularly or minorities in general oppressed by the police and others, you know, to is Colin Kaepernick an asshole or not? Um, that that happened within the first season and now, you know, we're re, re, rehashing it. Um I hope for for the players that this is a very serious issue for that they continue to do it and not just use the national anthem. Continue to use the national anthem if they feel they must, but you know, but see, unfortunately, unlike Susan G. Komen for the Cure, that's an actual organization that can collect money and then funnel it towards 
doctors that are researching things and helping people dealing with that. This is not one of those issues that's a disease that can just be fought like this. This is a very complicated issue that's very case by case. Um, and so when people say like, oh, well, you know, millionaire, when, where is he supposed to spend his millions? I mean, the ACLU doesn't really have a ton of problems with money. It's, it, is, it is very much a valid form of awareness. Um, and it's unfortunate that the message got corrupted. Uh, I mean, if you want to get back to a minute to the the offending the the military thing, you know, what is more offensive to a military guy? Someone kneeling during the national anthem or during the campaign, Donald Trump saying that John McCain wasn't a real hero because he got captured. Yeah, I mean, that to me is tenfold more offensive to because that is specifically calling out a military person where, you know. Wrapping yourself in a you know, symbol, flag, yeah. a symbol of something is, and, and again, I, I think that people get so offended and so. I mean, that's just a problem with this country anyway. It's just the, you know, what words are said or what thing is just. I'm offended, and I'm gonna, you know, if you want to start, if you want to say, okay, I'm not gonna watch the NFL anymore. I'm done. You better go through everything that you associate your life with, with other cultural icons that you you know what's your favorite singer who's your favorite actor um go look at your car where was your car made you know who's the ceo of that car company you know you're gonna not get chick-fil-a ever again are you i'm serious (laughs) no go through go through facebook and see who all your friends are and you know check your boss you know did he give to the democratic or republican party if you're gonna go down that slippery slope of you know things that I don't yourself. just things I don't yourself. agree with. You're going to be sitting around in your apartment, you know, whacking off, listening to country music all day, and I don't think anybody wants to do that. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to be you're going to be this horrible, morose person that you know a doesn't want to have any, just wants to be reinforced whatever they believe, and there's going to be you know you're going to be very. This is not the 21st century America is a lot different than the 1990s or the 1950s or the 1830s or the Ice Age where. You know, you can't be isolated anymore, you know, with the Internet and with technology and just the the freedom to communicate. You're going to be exposed to everything, whether you like it or not. And you can pick and choose what your social media, you know, who you, you know, who you want to follow and, you know, whatever reinforcement you want of your ideas. But it's out there and there's nothing you can do about it. So, yeah. And specifically avoiding the issue at hand is is really the, the problem. I mean, like you said, the, if you're really going to go to the the flag is the all time symbol for the military and all things that America stands for. You know, I, I I'm sure people have seen this meme of you know the actual code and what is you know not intended for flag use, such as clothes, advertisements to be held horizontally, etc., which are all things that we do all the time and don't bat an eye at. But there's also the other thing. I mean, like we look at baseball players all spitting during the national anthem out sesame seeds and chewing gum you know i mean you can stretch it to so many different levels and those are all things where it's like you can't stop for 10 seconds versus somebody actually using it for a specific purpose that is supposed to bring back to what the country is supposed to be which is all men are created equal you know what i mean like this this is an actual that's as american as it gets you know whether you agree with the method or not all men created equal is more American than apple pie. I mean, it, it's just 
and also the law of these of the country is trying to make it as equal as possible. Sure. No matter no matter what disadvantages you had culturally, economically, physically you had growing up. Um, if anybody wants to take a simple test to, to see who's just you know spitting out lines and stuff, just go to any NFL, any baseball game, any anything. Go into the the concourse of a stadium during the national anthem. You know, forget the taking off the hat. People are still buying beer. Still, people are still taking a leak in the bathroom. People, vendors are still selling things. You know, it's just one of those. You know, I, you know, it's a it's a real double standard where people like to talk the big talk, but how much do you actually see people really, quote unquote, being respectful? Yeah. It, it, it's shocking. Yeah, and you know what? This does tie into the celebrations uh, pretty well because, in my opinion, it for for those that really want to take this seriously and take it to every step they can, you know, when you celebrate a touchdown, how about you kneel down, and you know, make it make it not go away, make it when the flag isn't there. Also, you know, just at all times, if it's something you care about, you know, I think there is a little bit of lip service among the players too, who are a little bit butt hurt about being called out and being separated for not being allowed to have an opinion versus, you know, having a strong opinion on the matter. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And I think some of them, you know, are the first ones to link arms with their team and then score a touchdown and, you know, like you said, like peeing like a dog and, you know, making – well, I guess maybe that's arguably a bad example. But, you know, you, you get my point that, you know, they leave it right there. That's where it is. That's where it's staying and then I'm going to move on and do my thing. Where it's, you know, maybe it's not as important of an issue to them as it is to, you know, Colin Kaepernick or – and I think a lot of it has to do with where these guys grew up where they, and where they currently play. I mean you look at some of the more inner city areas like Baltimore and Pittsburgh, you're seeing more strong opinions from those teams than, you know, other places. Mm-hmm. And I also – I think the fact that Trump really ratcheted this up too, this is a lot more of a – a backlash against him and everything that's gone on with him in the last year and a half too, where, you know, this is, it's really an us versus them. And he specifically called these guys out, you know, specifically besides everything that, you know, he has said and he's acted on and have not said and acted on in the past. So it's not, you know, the message is different than it would. It might've been maybe, three weeks ago and maybe what it was three years ago too. Yeah. And I I think it's important for people to move on from the, whether it is or isn't disrespectful and move on to whether or not it's an issue or as widespread of an issue or what we need to do to fix some sort of problem with, you know, an injustice that's going on in a place that should be more just or should have checks and balances and safety measures to prevent these things from happening. And to be fair, that are not, answers that will be solved by NFL players or NFL owners and by talking heads on ESPN or even Twitter for that matter. Oh yeah. Well, they can't, yeah, they can't even tie their shoes on Twitter. I don't want them solving any problems. Listening to, you know, each night when I'm in my lonely hotel room, I'm flipping channels all night. So I'll watch a little CNN. I'll watch MSNBC. I'll watch Fox news. It's fascinating hearing the perspective of, political talking heads from either side of the spectrum trying to talk football and how they it's, it's how actually relates. it's actually nauseating it's really something where you know 
they're taking their their area of quote unquote expertise and trying to put it in the prism of a football situation, and it's really laughable. I mean, I was in the car yesterday flipping around at lunchtime, and I heard Rush Limbaugh talking about it, who actually does have, in his old days, a sports background. You know, he was a play-by-play guy, I think, for like the Royals or minor league team or something way back in the day, and he did do that three or four weeks on ESPN. So he's not as completely illiterate about sports as some of these other guys are, but it's just like listening to a guy that, you know, has never been to New York City and telling you, well, these are the 10 best places you should eat. <laughs> That's kind of yeah. what it felt like. <laughs> yeah, it's – um, I don't know. It's it, – I'm sure for a lot of people too, it's frustrating. And I think also the notion that ratings are slipping because I try to watch sports to get away from politics and – First of all, if you want to just skip the national anthem, nobody's stopping you. Yeah, that's Um, bullshit. And that's really bullshit because if a broadcast is three and a half hours, let's say the political part about it might be three minutes. The play-by-play once the game starts, it's kind of like the Super Bowl where all the pomp and circumstance before it, but once the game starts, it's a game. Yeah. That's all it is. You know, and if you don't want want to – be involved in all the the political part of it. Don't watch the pregame shows. Don't watch all this stuff. You know the game is the game. Uh, we will find out on Sunday when we go to the Giants Bucks game. Uh, Tampa is a pretty big military town. McDill Air Force Base is just down the street, just down Dale Mabry, right right past Mons Venus, which uh, we may or may not check out. But um, there is, that is a pretty big military presence in the Tampa Bay area. So it'll be interesting to see. What the reaction will be? It's, it'll be the the Bucks' first home game since this whole thing really blew up. Um, you know, I know that Deshaun Jackson and Mike Evans were two of the more vocal guys who did kneel. Uh, so, I I also should mention since this is the Just Giants podcast, whether this is a bonus episode or not, um, that I'm not in any way disappointed in the three. Giants who kneeled. And keep in mind, these people have all met probably more military people than you have in your life. For oh, most yeah. of the people listening to this, I would say that these people have met more military members than you have. I mean, it's yes. part of their Sunday ritual at this point. A lot of these guys, not all of them, but a lot of them go overseas as, you know, as part of their vacation from the game. And, and they let's visit remember troops. Let's remember one thing, too, that. This whole thing started with Colin Kaepernick sitting during the national anthem. Now, it, and some people, well, people started doing like the, well, I'll kneel because I don't want to actually sit and be completely disrespectful. So the whole thing of kneeling was actually a, a bit of a compromise yeah. to, to everything else. So the one thing I will say is, you know, seeing things like Jerry Jones, you know, not kneeling but then linking arms. You know, if you're gonna t- if you're gonna take a stand for something, take a stand. We're going to try in future episodes of this show not to dive into this topic anymore. I think we spent way too much time, you know, needed time, but, you know, unless something drastically changes in the situation, you know, whether it becomes something where there's, you know, massive fan boycotts or, you know, anything violence, violence breaks out because of it or something, or I don't know, but I, I think, you know, if anybody out there who, you know, A, who hasn't fallen asleep from us talking, you know, wants to have their comments or their opinions, you know, don't forget to, you know, send us a, a tweet at, at Just Giants Pod. 
you can catch me at the cranky fan and yeah and i'm at football underscore grump yeah um and i I, you know the 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 conversation can continue there and i it it, i I think we've done it enough like you said for the podcast i think it needed to be done we've been avoiding it for a long time you know and i think this is going to be a really interesting of week week of football coming up as to who stays and who goes with this issue I think the bottom line is, I think I can speak for the grump too, is it's not a one or the other thing. It's that you can, you can protest without, you know, doing it purposely to be disrespectful. And I think if you can't see the difference between the two, I think it's something you need to have your own introspection and, you know, as opposed to just writing off the person doing it as, you know, just a bad guy or a selfish guy. Absolutely. So I hope you guys enjoyed this bonus episode. Um, Even if you didn't, uh, you know, you're welcome to, not listen to it because it will not be brought up again yes um and be sure to stay tuned for friday morning's uh preview against the tampa bay buccaneers it will be uploaded as soon as i wake up (laughs) go america (laughs) go america